man. And the Macarena is obviously very deep. Hugely deep. Very emotive song. Always brings a tear to my eye. Now, kidding. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Williams. Hey, Lindsay Williams. Welcome to episode 57. Hey, hey, two episodes in a row. I'm doing, I'm doing well. 56, 57. I know. Check me out. You're here, you're here, you're here, here, here. <laughs> uh, well, we've got to, you know, we've got to make the most of you while we have you because you've got so much travel coming up. Um, recently, I know that you weren't available for episode 55. And do you know who I got in? Did you, did you check it out? Mm-hmm. I got our mutual friend, Chris Broholm from Actual Fluency. And we had such a fun discussion like not fun as in we're having lots of fun but we got into the meat of stuff and I felt like figured some stuff out it was really interesting kind of went down to motivation tracking keeping going you know all those challenges we have as self-learners oh it sounds deep Mm, it kind of was like deep deep but fun (laughs) and um Chris mentioned I, I wanted to just um ask you about your own experience he mentioned that he really loves the clear the list concept that you guys have got going oh yeah yeah he's in that with us now Mm -hmm. which is cool um i mean me and shannon we've been doing that for a long time um we started it started initially it wasn't just language based yeah but then over time you know things changed and the other people that were that were with us um you know their focus has changed slightly so it ended up with just me and shannon and we decided okay it makes sense to make this a language thing so we did and we invited um angel and chris to join us and yeah so now it's it's really fun we did in may we did like a live session where we sort of all got together and and people you know came in and joined us online and we sort of talked about our goals for the month and where we're at and sort of supported each other which was really fun and yeah basically you can join in as well it's just a monthly uh, blog post and if you have your own blog you're more than welcome to join in mm-hmm. and you can set your goals do a little review for the last month set your goals and then see what else is in the link up see who else is joining in go and comment on what they're doing wish them luck with with their month and it's a real nice sense of community so it's a lot of fun yeah i i've been kind of after chris mentioned it i was kind of exploring it a little bit it's really it's interesting it's really good i have never you know before i had the i, I know i mentioned language habit toolkit but it's because it's 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 essentially built on me trying to organize myself um, yeah. and um, I never really managed to set proper goals before I kind of did more deep thinking about goals over the last year um, and now I actually have goals where I can say okay you know maybe I'll join in because I know that I think you you asked at the start of the year would I be up for it and I thought no I, don't, I can't do goals I'm too terrified um, yeah. but I'm yeah I'm kind of coming coming around to it and I finally figured out a way to make goals and yeah, reviews work for me um, well you can you can hop in any time like yeah you know, like I say if anyone has a blog it's, it's not a, a commitment it's a commitment on our parts um you know the, the hosts but anyone else more than welcome to join even even if it's a case of I mean this month for me with with Guarani it's just I wrote I'm gonna keep going keep my Duolingo as good as possible but I'm not actually setting any specific goals because I know things are going to be topsy-turvy and busy busy and all over the place and so far yeah that's pretty much how it's been <laughs> so, so even if that's all it is and you're just kind of checking in to say yep life's crazy this month no real goals 
that's that's something that you can then look back on and reflect and say, oh yeah, I, I allowed myself that time, and and actually it was a, it was a good thing, and I I still was was taking part. I still was there documenting the, mm. the process. So, so yeah. clear the list, uh, re-recommend it, and I'm going to add it to the show notes as well. Um, cool. Can I can I do a video? Because I recently did a Facebook Live, my official month in review. I kind of worked through my month in review worksheet. Um, yeah, and and did it you know, as a Facebook live video. So I could just put that on YouTube and I could link that up. Yeah, absolutely. You're more than welcome to have a video in the, well, you need to have a blog post attached to that video if that was the case. Okay. It sounds like we're getting technical now, but yeah, you would have to have the blog to join the link thing. I think maybe you could just attach a video. I'm sure. Oh, try it. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have a play around or or maybe for the next month roundup. I know I'm going to be in the middle of a thousand moving boxes. So if I manage to do a video next month, I might just stick it into a podcast and uh, podcast, <laughs> stick it into a blog article and kind of upload it and join you guys. Okay, so Lindsay Williams on our topic today is to talk about music. Is I'm, that why you're singing my name? <laughs> I'm not very good at putting words to music. <laughs> <laughs> but we all love the sounds i don't know (laughs) okay so we have a topic today and something that we both kind of got excited about recently and kind of talked about and i think both of us have covered on our separate blogs um the idea of using music for language learning this is a a classic our episode um, our live episode last year um, we did uh, the international charts I'm going to link you up Mm. to that one as well Uh, so we have talked about using music for language learning but we've never really talked about pop music as such and you recently you know you wrote about Spotify and we've talked about Spotify as a recommended tool so we kind of talked around it but I am really excited that today in episode 57 we're going to really get into pop music um and the different kind of ways that it that that it helps us learn languages and that language learners can use it now for me I I don't think my English would be as good if I hadn't listened to quite a lot of music as I was a teenager Uh, I had so many like I would save up all my money to go and buy like a new CD um, and then I'd be listening to the CD and really like reading the lyrics at the same time and German Bravo magazine used to you know it's like a little like a smash hits in England sort of a youth pop music magazine where it talks about your favorite Mm. boy bands or whatever they always Mm. published the lyrics to two or three songs with the German translation in the back um, if you wanted to, you could cut them out, stick them on a card, which I never did. Um, but there was just something about, you know, listening to music. I think it genuinely made me better. It made me understand, or at least it made me more excited about England. I'm not sure it made me understand England better, but it got me excited about England. You know, this is a time of Britpop. Um, to me, it really mattered. And I know that you've previously mentioned that you had specific artists that got you into language learning. Yeah, Shakira. Numero uno. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I literally I wanted to trans I, I I wanted to translate Shakira songs. So I had the album Laundry Service because I really liked Whenever Wherever. And then when I remember actually I remember seeing the music video. I was my mum and dad used to work at the gym. They used to do this lunchtime session on weekends for children. And so I would go there and I remember watching the music video on the screen in that gym. I just really vivid memory and thinking like oh, Britney Spears has a new song out because it really looked like Britney Spears with like this blonde curly hair. And I liked Britney Spears at the time. 
um, still do. Whoa, Britney. And and I thought, oh, that's cool. And then when I saw it again the next time and I heard the lyrics and it said, you know, Shakira. And I was like, who is this person? And then I got the album and there were some Spanish songs on there, some of which were the same songs as the English ones that I'd already heard on the album. So there were some, you know, sort of Spanish and English versions of the same song, if you like. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if I could understand these Spanish lyrics? And so for my, ooh, probably 14th birthday, I asked for a Spanish dictionary and the previous Shakira album, which I discovered, I'd done my Googling and I discovered that was all in Spanish. And so I, I did. I remember it then on my birthday, opened my presents and I was sat there on my grandparents' kitchen table with this tiny Collins Gem Dictionary and the lyric booklet to the the Donde Están Los, Los Lodones, the Where Are the Thieves Shakira album, and trying to do every single word piece by piece. And so, yeah, music's always been key for me. And then I've, I've found as well as I've gone on that if I have studied a language and not made a musical connection, it's faded a lot quicker or it's just not been as fun to study I've had less of a reason so I so I've realized that music is important yeah. for, so for, for me, you was it like you music in for me it's the same music pop music in particular um has this way of being very intriguing um you know like really I think it because it feels a bit like it fits into our life that's what the radio plays you know it, it doesn't feel as as alien mm. as say classical music um, for most of us, I don't know if you grew up in a private school, but I didn't. So anyway, uh, you know, like it feels, it feels like something that, that belongs into our life. So you kind of want to make it part of your life more. But for you, you say about getting the dictionary, were you sort of like the only kid in town that, that got into this? Well, I don't know. I mean, Yeah. Maybe there were other people <laughs> did the same thing, but I, I I grew up in a small town, so possibly it's quite likely that I I was the only one that was like, oh, I'm going to do this. But yeah, in terms of in terms of people around me, I was the only person I knew that would mm -hmm. have done that. Um, but then when I think even before that, and I and I mentioned this to you this morning that there were so many songs in my mm. youth, youth, you know, like the younger part of my youth. Um, that had these little nuggets of language. So I'm thinking like Michiko Latino mm -hmm, by yeah. Jerry Halliwell, yeah. Living La Vida Loca, you know, in Viva Forever by the Spice Girls. And I do the hasta mañana, <laughs> that bit. And Say La yeah, Vie yeah. by Bewitched. You know, there was all these little influences just like subtly kind of weaving their way into my life and just, yeah. you just kind of accept it. You just kind of end up singing along like Say La Vie. It's like, That's I don't know what it means. I'm like four, you know, <laughs> but, and so I think, I wonder often if, in fact, I wonder, I think I'm quite certain that that has also been key to me then feeling that I could go ahead and get a dictionary and translate. There's, there's, there's something about that, that is such a, to me, it's like such evidence of how the industry and the market has influenced kind of us and, and our almost language choices in the sense that yeah you know like yeah I would never have picked to learn Japanese yeah, for example yeah. when I was that age because I had me, no exposure it was just, to it you know English like so many other people English was so predominant but English was kind of so 
cool. Mm. <laughs> like English was always considered cool and you'd get German bands that sing in English. Um, and the, the German was kind of the language of Reinhard May, P. Werner and other songwriters, you know, like sort of gentle yeah. songwriters. Yeah. I really like Reinhard May now, but there are sort of these gentle songwriters that my mother listens to. And I think in the 70s, you know, Germany's got this strong tradition of Schlager music. Schlager is cheesy. I showed you the video of Genghis Khan earlier. <laughs> so okay, Schlager yeah. music is we cheesy can talk about that. 70s music. Um, kind of, it's the era of ABBA, but the German-speaking market is big enough that you kind of want to sell to it because obviously there's Switzerland and Austria to sell to and there's a lot of Germans. Um, and it's Europe's, you know, most spoken native language i think or like europe's biggest native language yeah i think so yeah, yeah we got think, more germans yeah, than we yeah. have french in in the world and i think more natives in in that language um you know so the german market was kind of inward looking and this is you know for me being a kid in the 90s this was like the music that my parents listened to there was bands like fantastische vier who rapped in german you know it was like german hip-hop was a thing um, and still is a thing. German hip hop, German soul music is, is a thing. I actually have to say, side note, I do really enjoy German yeah. hip hop. That's, that's my, that's my music in it's, for German, I think. That was the thing that was like, okay, I've got my music for German now. I can keep going <laughs> you with this to? language. It was that. It was like, like uh-huh. Crow and, oh, what was the, what was the other guy's name? Prince, Prince? Pi, is that Prince his name? P. Prince P. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few. Oh there's my a God, few. I need to write these down. Yeah. <laughs> Just so I can, I will put all of these in the show notes. And Lindsay's got a Song Saturday sh- playlist. Um, and I'm going to, mm, I'm going to put that yeah, in the show notes as in, well. That's yeah. really, you know, because I think Lindsay has a Facebook group where on every Saturday you can post a song in another language that you listen to. And you have made a playlist from that. Okay. So, yeah. and so the thing for me was that English was almost exotic. And that's the same thing is, because I guess pop music is so in our homes, in our lives, and throwing it in a language really makes it a bit more exotic and exciting. And it really is, to me, that's why pop music matters in language learning, because it's a motivator. And it's like you say, it's not just a motivator. Like at the start, it might be that intrigue, that kind of, I want to find out more, like, oh, what is this about? Hasta mañana, what, what means it? Yeah. Um, but like later on, as you are learning, it's also something that normalizes the language and makes it weirdly, like at the start, it's the exoticism, but maybe later on, it's exactly that, the non-exoticism, the, the fact that pop music is something that is so similar to what you already have in your home, it's easier to build it into your life that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's there's less of a jump from having to suddenly go to the music styles and the music mm-hmm. words, I guess, that you're used to. You've got like half that yeah. jump, haven't you, I guess? So that would, would make would make it a bit so easier. So in which languages um, do you listen to pop music at the yeah. moment? Quite a lot. I mean, every now and then I'll pop on that Song Saturday playlist and just be like amazed at how varied that is and and also how varied the styles of music are you know it's a complete mishmash of everything um i think i listen to still still like four years later i still listen to stromai quite a bit if Mm -hmm. that's my french go-to if i'm like oh i need to i should listen to some french for a bit but i want to listen to music stromai always phenomenal um so he's always there shakira is there 
right now is Despacito. Oh, oh yeah, Despacito, world hit. Yeah. Um, oh Can't my god, and it's so catchy. I've literally. Um, I was tweeting the other day that if it's been so stuck in my head that I wouldn't be surprised if I just walk around the town and I'm like, super, super, super. <laughs> Which, and, mm. and it shows me up in Spanish because I have mostly, even though I have watched it with subtitles, when I see the subtitles, I figure it out. Otherwise, no clue what he's saying. You've sent me the translation and I kind of wish I didn't have a clue. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's surprising. And for me, my in to Spanish and Latino music, I guess I'll cover it in a, in a little bit more detail, has been Zumba, has been doing, you know, so I've had Spanish in my playlist yeah. for ages because, um, this sport that originated in Colombia, if we can call it a sport, you know, this, this exercise class craze that, um, I absolutely yeah. love. I love Zumba with all my heart. Um, it originated in Latin America. I think he's Venezuelan or Colombian. I think Beto is Colombian. There's, there's a really good, um, uh, there's a podcast yes. called How I Built This and there's an episode with him with the guy that, that created it's Zumba. Really it's really interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I'll link to that yeah. if you want to know, like, how I built this in general yeah. is, is, is a good show. Yeah. I love it. The, um, I recently mm. heard Blake McCoskey, who started Tom's, and that was another interesting story. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah he, sounded, to uh, he didn't sound so nice at the start, so I don't know. <laughs> but inter really interesting story. Anyway, back to the music. Um, now, something that, that I found really interesting is like you, you, when we were researching this, you sent me a few links, and I sort of read through them, and they answered the question quite well. Why do non-English speaking countries listen to so much English um, and why because there are countries like France that even actively um, enact a, a, yeah, yeah, a, a French on the radio. like a support policy for French speaking yeah. artists but they don't really cross the borders mm. and it's kind of not really I don't know I listen to like a few French bands Andochine they're good but nothing really you know and yeah. I'm a French learner and I never connected with French in the same way as I connected with actually Spanish for pop music with um English and and German too I think German is a good pop language um as is I mean they mentioned this before as is like Polish and Romanian now something that um mm. the Guardian article I think touched on that I thought was really interesting um and a few Quora answers is that English really lends itself to pop music in a way that not every language does. Um, and it, this reminded me of classical musicians, classical singers, mentioning that they like to sing, or they often sing in Italian. Classical music has a lot of German, um, but has a lot of Italian um, and, and Spanish as well, and French, because, and they say that Italian lends itself particularly to classical music, because a lot of your notes are very long, and you do a lot of like, ha, 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 you know, you do the, you do vocal, yeah, you do vocal like vowels. adventures, and it's all vowels, yeah. and you yeah. can't, you can't yeah. play around with a consonant, you can't go, it's not the same, and it's going to sound stuttering and weird, whereas what pop music does i guess because of it's it has evolved from things that are so rhythm based you know hip-hop is rhythm based reggaeton is rhythm based uh in a way blues is so rhythm based rock and roll is and all those all those different music genres i mean edm is is essentially beat based right rhythm rhythm based again the, mm. the language the language that that you put on the top of it the more forgiving it is to being like rhythmized rhythm 
the the easier it becomes to mm. sing and compose in those languages. So English kind of was a language and and Spanish as well. They are languages that you can totally see why they work for hip hop because they're very vowelly and or they're very consonanty and they're quite short, 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 short. As is German. Like, you know, a lot of people report when when they hear German that it sounds quite staccato. Mm. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. I I would argue as well that that's not definitely uh-huh. not the only not. reason no. why non-English speaking countries OMG, listen to English no. music so much. <laughs> and yeah, so obviously because English is so big, the the thing the thing that that I find really curious and I suppose that bugs me is that it's not the same case the other way around. So why, for example, in I mean I can't I can't speak for every English you know, official language speaking country around the world. You know, I can't speak for America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Nigeria, but I can speak for the UK. Um, and I can say that this is, and actually this is surprising because it's a very similar statistic in the US. In the, in the US, Despacito is the first Spanish language number one on the Billboard chart since the Macarena 20 plus years ago. Oh man, and the Macarena is obviously very deep hugely deep very emotive song always brings a tear to my eye now i'm kidding but it's, it's a similar thing in the uk right so obviously there were i mean there was gangnam style mm-hmm. in 2012 which nobody understands the words then, of that no and mm-hmm. and people can enjoy and and i think if you look at them all all these these songs i, I found a couple of lists that i shared with you we put them in the show notes these songs of like you know 10 um songs that were big in I found one for the US and I found a list also for the UK in the UK it's songs that got to number one the the over that sort of underlying theme is that they're all they don't say much they're all kind of very cheesy pop you know there's no real like this is a beautiful song pop generally and I find that really curious because then what does that lead people's associations with you know people then think oh Spanish Macarena Despacito like yeah, Fun, they're, party, they're but actually, all Puerto Ricans love so much bottoms. more. There's, yeah, <laughs> there's there's so much more. Yeah, there's so many other ways that a language could go. This is really interesting because you're reminding me of we we briefly kind of when I showed you Genghis Khan, you said something really interesting, which is this wouldn't be acceptable anymore now because it's cultural appropriation. And you are right. No. In the seventies, so this German band called Genghis Khan, and I will recommend you watch the videos because they are amazing amazing 70s style mm. oh they're so entertaining it's it, it oh beautiful Very retro. but you know like also dancing but you know they had songs called moscow pistolero you know yeah. about a mexican pistol cowboy thing and germany in that time you know we had a lot of we have a lot of cowboy and indian stories there's a german author called karl may who created a character called Winnetou and he's had a friend called Old Shatterhand and they're blood brothers and you sort of, you know, and it's, um, and, and the Genghis Khan, they sang about Moscow. They're obviously named after Genghis Khan. They have a song called Genghis Khan. They attended Eurovision. They may have won Eurovision in like 1976. So oh, extreme wow. entertainment value. But what's underneath all that is that in those times, um, Germany, in in particular, you know, being a divided country, you know, we had um, Eastern Germany being behind the wall. Um, there was this sort of, we dream of faraway places that we can't go to. We dream of, 
you know, like, you know. So it's not cultural appropriation as much as what do we imagine Moscow is like? Oh, they drink their vodka pure and cold and there's girls called Natasha yeah. and love is hot and the snow is cold. And, you know, it's like the dream of the foreign places. And in a way... I, I, I see that in how ooh, when ooh. we when you look at that those lists of the number ones, it reminded me of that as you were talking about it that there is something we exoticize other cultures, and that goes down well with, with yeah. the public. Yeah, and I and I wonder if, like you said, that at the time you know it wasn't considered cultural appropriation because people it was the view people had. I wonder if now. That's part of the reason why cultural appropriation is such a big thing because we do have the yeah. internet. We are more connected. Yeah. We can do our own research in many, in, in much more ways than we ever could have done in the seventies. So it's more a case of there's no excuse, perhaps. Is that, do you reckon, part of the reason why, why things have, have changed? And I wonder in that if, I don't know. If cultural appropriation isn't okay anymore. Arguably, it seems that stereotyping still is. But then you do get yeah. you, you do get all these I'm, artists yeah. who are kind of coming. It is rare to get into a Shakira or a Stromae who really go into depth and sing about things that are not just shaking your body, uh, you know, like basically Zumba songs. You you know the the, the genres. Yeah, unless you go and find it yourself yeah. and look into the so the genres of that, that do well. Yourself. It's not gonna. It's not gonna come to you. It's not gonna Correct. come to you. The genres that do well in other languages are party songs, and I think that would explain as well, or some go some way mm. to explaining the success of Spanish-speaking countries because mm. they are holiday destinations, both for the US and for the UK. Well, this was actually. I think this this doesn't happen anymore. But I remember when I was younger, every summer. Um, you know, so many Brits every year go to, go to Spain on holiday. <laughs> and and every every summer in about September time, it's always like, oh, what's going to be that song that that has that has like sustained, you know, from people's yeah, summer holidays the summer and, they, and they've been out, they've been clubbing, they've been in the restaurants and the bars. Yeah, what is that summer hit? That kind of autumnal <laughs> summer hit, right? And you know, it was Macarena, but it was Avicii it was, recently, and that's in Portuguese, um, right? I would I would disagree oh that's oh Avicii oh that's yeah. another we can talk about him um I would I would I would disagree because like now we don't have that but it, uh, for a long time that was a huge thing of like you know because the song would have to have gained enough popularity to then get mm-hmm. released mm-hmm. here whereas now it just doesn't exist because if people want it they can buy it there and then when they're on holiday yeah um and then yeah. and then there's the other side which we feel is coming now so if we're going into our genres now so we have got two or three genres here that that sing in other languages a lot and still seem to do reasonably well in the mainstream market or reasonably well despacito has just smashed spanish out of the park but the first thing i saw was like latino pop and i think i think mm, two mm. things are really we've got two examples kind of of and i really like that we have these two examples here number one is Despacito with Louis Fonsi Daddy Yankee and if you want to listen to it in English as well you've got Justin Bieber but you know <sighs> no, no, don't recommend that Justin Bieber in their life um, or the other oh no no I should correct that I, I do enjoy Sorry and What Do You Mean but I don't enjoy the video of him not knowing the words to Despacito when he's like I'll put yeah. Got on that track. I'll put that I in the show notes, and it's, it is like we'll we'll touch on that in a yeah. second because I think there's it also shows a level of cynicism 
um, that, that the industry is kind of guilty mm. of. The other one that I really, I enjoy um, is Bailando by Enrique Iglesias. And one of the reasons I enjoy the two of them, uh, Bailando, again, has an English version. It's got Sean Paul, like, going baby girl over it. Um, and it's got a Spanish version. But uh, Enrique Iglesias mm. sings in Castilian Spanish accent. Right? So he goes, and, and it's very different feel to Despacito. And it feels almost to yeah. me, like I don't really have a good feel for Spanish. It feels almost formal compared to, you know, compared okay. to Despacito. Um, but it's maybe also because yeah. not, because you have to shout Puerto Rico 17 times in all these songs um, to be authentic. So, Latin. We need to link to the oh, honest can, lyrics can I, reggaeton okay, so video that I sent to you. Not safe for work, but still yeah. amusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Lindsay sent me a video called "Honest Reggaeton," which essentially goes bottom, 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 but not. Um, okay, so yeah. Despacito and Bailando are both examples, and I think Rikira has done this too, of artists. Switching to English in order to, in order to, to what? To reach for that success in the English-speaking market? Uh, what do you make of it? I mean, yeah. Well, Shakira's a really curious case because Shakira, if she'd never done an English album, would still be absolutely huge in mm-hmm, the Latin mm-hmm. market, in the Latino market. Um, so it's really... A fascinating example of how also she can actually release an album with songs in multiple languages. I mean, in her last album, I think like 2014, I think she had a song on there in Catalan. Her husband now is is plays for Barcelona, I think. Um, she's got a song out there in Catalan, um, or at least with a section in Catalan. She's got on this recent song a, a, a duet with a guy called Black M, mm-hmm. who's a French rapper. Again, she's had oh, an French Arab rap. singer Ooh, on her album as well. That's a good genre. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like Waka Waka, you know, she did the, the song for the South African World Cup. Somehow, there's just no one like Shakira that can appeal to so many people. And obviously, English is a huge part of that in terms of going outside of the kind of Latino market. Um, you know, and she's, she's come a long way since, I would say, mm-hmm. the start of the millennium um, in that sense. But it, it's just phenomenal how many people she can feel that they can mm. kind of connect to, to her. And yeah. um, there's, I don't know, there's something about, this This brings me on, this kind of gives me this this extra thought about what, we're, what the other music genre that we wanted to mention, which is K-pop. Uh, K-pop, Korean, mm. pop. Obviously, you know, there's, yeah, you know, there's this Psy and Gangnam style. But beyond that, there's a whole world of like little boy bands and little girl bands. And, um, yeah. you know, K-pop is huge and it's also doing really well in America but it's slightly different and something okay so we listened to a podcast that I will wholly recommend if you are um, entirely recommend if you are on the hunt for a new show um, or you want to listen to something related and that is the New York Times podcast who recently did an article uh, uh, recently did an episode about k-pop and whether and can k-pop conquer America and something that something that is different between the Latin artists or the, you know, Spanish speaking artists of Puerto Rico mm. and of course, you know, Shakira, who, like you say, is so super successful in her home country already. Um, something that is really different between her and the K-pop artists is that 
the K-pop artists don't have that necessarily that huge year and year and year and year of establishing themselves in Korea before yeah. they come across. And they, they mentioned, a f I think, Girls' Generation got taken on. No, not Girls' Generation. Oh, Girls' something else. I don't know. Like, a, a I think it was Girls' Generation were taken on and to American flopped. record label. It was flopped it? because they don't have yeah. that launch pad in the same way that Daddy Yankee has, Enrique Iglesias has. Um, you know, like, I mean, Sean Paul, arguably, a lot of singing in Patois. Um, you know, they're all successful at home, like massively successful before they reach across and then they do well. But with K-pop, I think another interesting thing about K-pop is that it's it kind of has its following, but it doesn't feel as mainstream. You know, it kind of feels like it's reserved mm. for a specific group of fans who single themselves out as fans of k-pop mm. and then and then also i guess you could say that it's interesting because it's very different if you can kind of listen to both j-pop yeah, as well yeah. from japan there are some big differences but between the two between the styles of music and things and then but also there are you know plenty of similarities in terms i think of the sort of so k-pop has a lot angle, of like edm um, you know, electronic dance music. It's got really. Mm, I would mm, say, mm. yeah. That I mean, I don't know. I don't know if things are changing, but I would say that K-pop went through a phase of. I'm definitely no expert on on either of these genres, but K-pop went through a phase where it seemed almost more hip hoppy, oh, more hip hop inspired. It was an amazing song on the podcast, which is really it feels it has the feel of American hip hop, but it's in Korean. Mm. It's it's almost. I found it almost um, like if it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a real. It's not what you expect. It, it was great. It had that kind of intriguing quality that, that we talked about at the start. Yeah. I, there's there's just a couple yeah. of things I forgot to say about um, mm -hmm. when we are talking about Latino music. You mentioned um, alt-Latino as well. Alt-Latino alt podcast. Oh, so good. I found so many amazing um, bands and artists from that podcast. And one of them in particular that I wanted to mention Residente. is Residente. The artist no, called Residente made an album called Residente. With... You, with, with yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. And I think I think perhaps with with your Zumba experience, maybe have you heard of Kaye Thirteen? How does it go? Uh, there's a few songs. That's the band. That's a band. Calle, so he used to Calle be in that band. Tresse? And Ka yeah, Kaye Thirteen. I, have, I yeah. haven't heard it, but you know, when you do Zumba, it's essentially sure. you go to all the classes, um, and you you kind of have to like follow you have to sort of hunt down your instructor on facebook and go can you give me the playlist <laughs> so i i know kind of what Fair whatever enough. we have but so possibly maybe um it's not it's not I'm quite gonna, it's not I'm quite it might not have been in in a zoom class um pull up spotify now but residente has done an album called residente where he is basically exploring his international heritage and this offers this also links up with what we were talking about cultural appropriation um and that idea of, you know, you're saying like, oh, this this K-pop sounds like American hip-hop. And um, what, else, what else was it that we just, that we mentioned about that topic? I can't remember. Oh, the, the Genghis Khan thing, you know, mm -hmm. so these crossovers. And what so what he's done is he's then, he took a DNA test and then found his, you know, roots from generations, generations, generations and traveled around the world. I think he also made a film of this experience, oh. which I haven't seen yet. But he then made an album featuring lots and lots of artists from these countries where he had mm -hmm. heritage. 
And it's does he then so adapt good. his music style? There's Oh. Yeah, so there's like a Chinese oh. song on there. There's some sort of Russian, maybe Mongolian yeah. influence as well. There's a, a duet with um, a wow. French artist called Soko. And he's a, he's a reggaeton um, guy normally. Wow. Yeah, well, normally, yeah. itself yeah. Is, is like a great example of that mishmash, oh, Well, no, right? no, I, no, I tell a lie. I tell a lie. Uh-huh. Not quite, he's not quite reggaeton. They're, they're Latino. They're Latino band. Okay, They're a yeah. bit rap. Yeah. Based, more so. When yeah. I had first heard of reggaeton, I was like, you know, you you think you think it's gonna have something to do with reggae, but it really doesn't. Yeah. But it's essentially taking an American style and singing in Spanish, but making it your own and kind of combining it with rhythms from where you are and what's already there. And that you know, like no one would no one look, would look at that. I hope and say, oh, that is cultural appropriation of American music. When in America, of course, you've got this whole you know, like what is Elvis then, but cultural appropriation. Um, what is, you mm. know, what is pop music, but cultural appropriation in a way. Um, well, but like creation. Mm. And this brings me, cause, cause when you, this brings me to the insanity show that is the Eurovision Song Contest. I got excited. No! I thought you were going to say Made in Chelsea. <laughs> no, I, I still have never watched this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sit down and watch it, and I'll. I don't, I don't, I don't think. I don't, oh, plenty of series to catch up brilliant. on. Do you, Sorry, oh, you imagine if they had a Welsh yes. person on it. Oh, oh, there's a there's a Eurovision choir version. They have a Welsh um, choir. I don't know when it's happening, but there's a choir version oh. of Eurovision happening, and there's a Welsh. Wales is the country entry. of choirs. They they love their choirs. Yeah. Okay. There so anyway, go. the Eurovision Song Contest, which um, if <laughs> I think the Americans are sort of cottoning onto it, like how awesome this is. Uh, <laughs> but and and we watch it every year. Hashtag what is it? Euro Lang Party. Yeah. Join us Euro next Lang year. Party, that's my um, the Eurovision Song Contest yep. is. Oh God. How do I put it into? How do you put this into words? It's a musical competition competition where all european countries and australia send an artist they select an artist to represent their country and that's half the show is these incredibly bombastic songs that come from the different countries um and it's like a three-hour show that you watch it's a bit like the oscars but but more spectacular <laughs> and because uh, there's more fireworks mm. and, and insane dancing. And um, the other half is all the countries scoring each other. Um, and it's, that's Eurovision in a nutshell, right? That's pretty and, much it. Um, yeah. It, it's something that you know, when I, when I was little, when I was a child back in my days, um, Eurovision, I think, still had a policy that said you've got to sing in an official language of your country, of your country of origin. Um, but that wasn't really deemed fair it's later on because, you know, what we've already discussed, the, the commercial success of English language is just kind of a little bit more, um, did warranted, I guess. Um, and you know, other countries going to understand mm. you better if you sing in English. I should add that the UK never won every single time, though, when that was the case. 
<laughs> when this language rule existed. It wasn't a case of, oh, the UK is winning because yeah, they're just singing in English. That's true. That actually, wasn't that's, what happened. And that's an important point. Mm. Um, you know, but yeah. in I think in most of our lifetime, the Eurovision Song Contest has allowed songs in English. So most countries send songs in English, but yeah. there is something so beautiful and fascinating and actually very successful when countries send artists that sing in their own language. And I really wanted to mention Eurovision here because if you want an in to music in your target language, um, you could do worse than check at least what Eurovision has got because it is, it is, it's like relentlessly entertaining to borrow a phrase from the Happier in Hollywood podcast. Uh, it's, it just doesn't stop. It's so good. Interestingly, this as year, well, uh-huh. this year, the song that won was, was not, not sung in it's English. Like a little Portuguese wimpy guy. No, he was delightful. I knew you were going to say that. He was lovely, and he sang a beautiful song in Portuguese, and it was very deep and meaningful. And and that's a perfect. That's oh, this is a perfect contradiction to everything mm-hmm. we've just said here today. He won. He won, he won yeah. the contest, but he wasn't singing a cheesy no. pop song. Well, he and was he in an arena where we expect internationalism. You expect this huge flamboyant performance with glitter bombs and all sorts. And he just stood there on the stage and he sang a beautiful song in his native language and he won. And, oh, I was so happy because, and I, and I know that you don't like the I song. Don't, I, don't, personally, I don't hate it. I, know, I find but, it a bit inconsequential. But, but you, have to, you have to admit though, you have to admit that's quite special. Oh, no, you're not oh yeah, it. yeah, totally. It's it's very special. In terms of language, in terms of, in language, terms of what it means, yeah, yes, you know, I, I I agree in that sense. And you know? you know, there's a there's a kind of underlying thought that I always have when no country sings in their own native language, which is actually, if say the German artist comes and sings in German, it's not like nobody can understand them, right? And even the Swedish artists, like the yeah. the Danish, are going to understand what the Swedish person is singing. The Spanish speakers can understand what the Portuguese person is singing, but also. It isn't about that. It's it's about you know c- conveying meaning, um, conveying meaning, uh, strength of performance, and and about you yeah. know this guy he did really well because he I think he came across as so connected to the words of whatever he was singing. Yeah, you could tell. And often from the there is a level of detachment exactly. that you feel from a non-English speaking artist sometimes if they switch to English, which is the same level of detachment, we're going full circle here, haha, um, that we very, very evidently see between Justin Bieber and the lyrics of Despacito. In the sense of they don't really mm, care what they're mm. saying. Yeah. There's that disconnection. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have I have something else I want to say. Mm. Now we're back in Europe. Okay. You mentioned Avicii. Who I believe is I believe is Swedish, right? I believe so. I, I, can we talk about pop from Scandinavia? Yeah, yeah, and some Scandinavia generally as a place where a lot of songwriters are, and uh, Sweden, you know, like hit factory Sweden. Yeah. Okay, Avicii oh, from okay. Sweden. Yeah, I don't know what it is about and Sweden in I particular that, that that has a real finger on the pulse of. Of whatever pop music does well, yeah. Because because you've got you've got individual artists like Avicii, you've got Robin, who is just a phenomenal example 
of of uh, really high quality mm-hmm. Swedish pop music. Well, not sorry, not uh, high quality pop from music Sweden. from not in Sweden, Swedish. but sung in English. And then if you go the if, if you go beyond the groups, and so Sweden as well, Sweden as well always do really well in um, they can, Eurovision. They won in twenty twelve, I think. Was it with Laureen? They can just write amazing song, can, right? I don't know what it is. Well, this is what I was coming to, right? So then if you go actually kind of beyond this, have you ever heard of Max Martin? Mm, no. Okay. So Max Martin is a oh, like songwriter. One. Perhaps. Yeah, tell me more. Okay. Max Martin wrote, um, oh, Hit what? Me Baby One More Time. He wrote, oops, Whoa. I did it again. Um, he wrote for the Backstreet Boys. He wrote for Katy Perry, Pink, Kelly Clarkson, Taylor Swift he's worked with as well. Um, Justin Timberlake, Adele, just like any massive name. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's been there, right? Massively, massively, massively influential with pop music mm-hmm. in general. Where's he from? Sweden. Yeah, and what is it? Yeah. I mean, I I recently watched a documentary about ABBA, um, and you know, like ABBA, they know how to write a pop song. They like they know yeah. how to make yeah. how to write a pop song, and I don't know what it is, and and like what I don't I don't you know like it's hard to put your finger on what exactly yeah. kind of makes makes Swedish in particular tick, but it's not the Swedish. It could be. Um, it could be uh, very same as I guess with with um, the reggaeton in Puerto Rico. It could be a really successful fusion of what's already there with a very strong influence from because there isn't really that that Swedish music market that's like completely sweeping the country. I assume you know it could be that they have so yeah, much. It- english-speaking influence and they're really good at fusing it with what they have from their home country yeah they just do it so i think i think actually there's some kind of crazy fact and this may be a flawed statistic a slight uh alternative fact as they say but it's something along these lines i think pop music is sweden's like third biggest export it's like the the third biggest thing they make money from something like as crazy as that it's like really really high up in their list of mm-hmm. where their money comes from which is just like that is so interesting. wow hmm. yeah well so i wanted to give a little honorary doth doth of my cat to sweden, to sweden in particular no i agree i agree yeah. sweden has got um i don't know it's got a real sense for pop now final mm. question i think to to bring our podcast back to language learning um is how do you think, or do you think, like, we need to formalize this? Because I I don't know. Let's discuss. How should a learner incorporate pop music into their study routine? Or should you? Oh, I think you should. I think, I think what pop music can do, and clearly from what we discussed at the start, is what it did uh-huh. for you and what it did for me, is it can, it can give you a connection to that language in the way that you're main course materials and resources mm-hmm. just won't and i think in that sense and again 
here, perhaps not just pop music, this is where it would expand out to music. You know, if there's music that you love, if you love heavy rock music, if you love um, hip hop, whatever, right? If you can find something, some form of music in the language. Wales has got amazing world connection to work with that I'm really enjoying. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's fun. See, there you go. Is I think I think that's that's key. It has to be either, for me at least, the, the music that I'm listening to in another language has to be either something I would listen to mm-hmm. in my native language, something that I would enjoy yeah, just by yeah. like default by you know what what the music is, or something that is a unique genre. So something like reggaeton, something like K-pop and J-pop, where it's like an aspect of the culture, kind of in its in and its, its own kind of from in its own there. right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, you can kind of enjoy it on that, on a a different level to just enjoying music because you enjoy the music. So you found it in a different language. Does that make sense? I wouldn't want to tell, um, like, as as a kind of, you know, to give language, if I was to give advice on this, or if I was to, like, you know, prescribe something, I certainly wouldn't tell you, the listener, like, get yourself a dictionary, sit down, translate lyrics, because I think that kills the, that kills what's good about it. Um, I think sometimes the songs make you want to do that without anything. But I think if you set out to like, be like, okay, this is my routine. I, mm. I don't think I'd be feeling it. I, I don't know, but I would say seek it out, like look for it. I think is, is the advice that I'm looking for. But also, like, if you want to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. I mean, I'm thinking back to when I had my little dictionary, and I think Same I went for through me. the whole Same booklet. for me. I just went through the whole thing with my little dictionary, and I, I made notes, and I wrote down the words that I did find yeah. that, you know, and thought, this doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I did go through the whole thing. But, but yeah, if somebody definitely had told me to do it, I would, I would not want to do that. it. Yeah. And I don't think it, yeah, would, be, it would be the same absolutely. result. Yeah. It's not the same yeah. results. No, no. I mean, I would never have. I would never have um, got to a place where I felt comfortable using Spanish just from that. You know, it was only because I actually then, after that summer, so after a few months of that, I then was learning it at school yeah. properly for the first time. So that I then had formal classes in it. So it was it was okay. Um, but yeah, if I just just done that, no, wouldn't have got me anywhere. But there's some there's some yeah. cool tools you can use for music. Like there's some really good mm-hmm. lyrics websites. Well, um, we had uh, lyrics gap lyrics, lyrics training was, we talked um, about this before i think lyrics training lyrics is awesome training is yes i'm one, gonna yeah. put that in the show notes i've also put yeah. in uh, Lindsay's article about how to use spotify so Lindsay's written quite a um detailed guide on how to how to find that music on on spotify like where to look how to look for it i thought mm. that was really good um and if you happen to be a german learner um when we were talking about deutschland 83 and major tom i did a um I did a translated article. So like I've got a free lyric sheet that you can download, which is called the lyrics of Major Tom on it with a bit of vocab. Um, if you want somewhere to get started, but nothing really beyond that. Um, Plastic Bertrand, Sa Plan Pour Moi was a British number one. You know that that song exists Ooh. in like French and then somebody's done a German version. And I think there's a Spanish and an English version too. Yeah, ah, they used to do that way more for older songs, and now maybe it's coming back with Despacito now. <laughs> I'm curious to see to see how long now before another language, another song sung in a language that's not English will 
be as big as Despacito has been and has as big as Gangnam Style Gangnam was. Style is surprising. That's, that's a five year. That's a five year gap. We we'll see if we can beat. And five we'll see years. if it's Spanish again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's well, likely, the US has I guess. A huge um, population. Exactly, mm. exactly. But yeah, I'm curious to see how long it is until we have another yeah. Despacito. On so, our hands. listeners, do you have a favorite artist that sings that artist that sings in another language? Do you have a favorite band? Where do you get your music from? We'd love to hear from you as well. Um, I would love for you to share your favorite artist. Perhaps stick a YouTube link in the in the comments today. Um, in the in the article it would be really really interesting to hear from you guys and we've got we've covered so so much so have a you know have a little chill out grab yourself a cuppa or you know a drink of any kind if you wish and check out all the different songs that we shared and be encouraged especially if you're English native speaking be encouraged to go beyond that kind of party music and a little bit deeper I hope you enjoyed the discussion today and I think episode 57 is ready to sign off. You got anything else, Lindsay? Any final words? Um, I'd love to give you some lyrics from Despacito, but I don't know <laughs> suave, suavecito. That's yeah. how I'm going to leave it what for today. What does super 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 mean? Is that just something? Super super super. He's he's saying super. It's like I think he's saying like turn up the music. Like, oh, turn right. it up, turn up, turn up. I think that's what he's saying about it. Yeah. Or like, or like, oh, get up, get up, get up. Okay. Like, get up and dance. You could take it. You could interpret that both ways. But there's a song actually on that on Sube. Sorry, side side little little, okay. little nugget here before we go. Um, Enrique Iglesias song called Sube oh, yeah. la radio, which means like I turn up the radio for me. Yeah. Sub, I always thought it was something about down. Ah, I did not realize. No. no. Oh well, we're gonna yeah, yeah. shimmy out of here to the sounds off. What should we do? Despacito, huh? Okay. Go for it. And it's goodbye from Lindsay Williams. Adios, Lindsay. Adios. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to leave us a rating in iTunes and also to subscribe. And please get in touch and tell us what you thought of the episode and our topics. On Twitter, we are at LD Languages and at Fluent Language, so we're easy to find. Or you can send me an email to Kirsten, that's K E R S T I N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk.
pasito Vamos solo en una playa en Puerto Rico Hasta que las horas quichen y bendito Para que mi sello se quede contigo oh, oh, oh. Pasito a pasito, solo es suavecito Como pedando, Checo Villé, con Salero. Salero.